Hey everybody, it's Mark Booth. I'm here with my good friend Jeff Barrett talking about experiences and how to become the very best experience-driven business that you can. Jeff, how you doing, my friend? I am fantastic. We're recording this on a Friday and I still have energy. <laughs> We're also here with, with Toby Daniels, who's the founder and executive director of Social Media Week, also the CEO of Crowdcentric. Toby, welcome. We're grateful to have you today. Thanks for having me. Toby, we've spent the past couple of weeks talking with some really great thought leaders, C-levels at multiple companies, people who are doing really cool things in the experience-driven business kind of era or place that we're in today. I'm interested in talking to you today about, from a social media perspective, especially with your role as founder and executive director of, of Social Media Week, how are you seeing this idea of being an experienced business or focused on experience coming into play? Why does it matter? Uh, you know, I think it it matters on, on so many different levels because I think the single most important shift that we've seen, let's just say in the last 10 years or so, is the sort of uh, convergence of our lives and experiences online coming together with our lives and experience as we live them offline. Um, for such a long time, I think people sort of thought about the internet uh, and the time that you spend online has been very isolated um, from the rest of the world and from the rest of our experiences. And of course, you know, that convergence and, and, and the sort of the coming together and the intersection of these two different worlds have really now opened up new and, and fundamentally different opportunities for us. Um, in some cases, that's a good thing. Um, I think in some cases, there are some sort of negative aspects of that as well. But um, what it ultimately means, and in particular, when we sort of think about emerging technologies and, and, and the sort of promise of, and potential of sort of things like, you know, virtual reality, is that the, the world of experience and the ways in which um, our on and offline worlds um, will continue to converge is just going to make life so much more uh, interesting as a result. Hey, Toby, what are you looking forward to in 2018 or down the road, be it opportunities or challenges for social media? Well, I mean, I think there are some, some really significant challenges for sure. I mean, I, I think we're starting to see a level of fatigue uh, kick in in regards to how you know, individuals um, relate to and, and utilize uh, technology. It's actually something that we're going to spend um, much of 2018 exploring through our global theme, um, which we're calling Closer, which is actually going to be sort of looking at the increasing tension uh, and, and in many ways conflict that sort of exists between um, this idea of individualism and, and community. Um, and, and what that really means, or, or at least how that sort of breaks down, it sort of breaks down in sort of three different ways, or at least we're looking at it in three different ways. Um, one um, there, there is obviously a, a rise of, of narcissism, a, a, a rise uh, 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 in regards to um, people's kind of hyper-individualistic behavior online. Um, and, and that, you know, if you look at research, is, is causing problems. It's actually causing problems in regards to people's mental health, um, increases um, in, um, in depression, um, and... Um, and, and one piece of research in particular, which I think is really interesting, is that like 50% of teenagers, when asked, admit to being addicted to their smartphone. And you know, that really does represent, I think, a big, big sort of societal uh, problem that we have to look at and we have to acknowledge and recognize and think about 
um, particularly as technologists or, or people in the technology space, you know, what, what's our role in terms of addressing that, thinking about it and how we can kind of positively impact it, you know, going forward. So that's one, one big area that we're really interested in and spending some time looking at. And the, the second is um, what we call the kind of the great social divide. And, and obviously this is particularly pertinent at the moment and certainly relevant in terms of what's happening kind of in the news but when we think about the social divide, what we're talking about is the decline of community. Um, and actually, like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg recently came out, or at least at the beginning of the year, and, and sort of almost like reframed the, the whole mission of Facebook around the idea that they want to build tools that actually foster community um, in better and more effective ways. And, and what, what he has observed, and I think it's really important that we all sort of like pay attention to this, is that technology kind of you know, uh, in particular social media and social networking kind of promise to kind of bring us closer together. Whereas in reality, it's actually, in, it, certainly in some cases, it's kind of, kind of like driven a wedge between us. It's now made it easier for us to um, uh, be divisive and it's easier for us to kind of isolate ourselves from other groups or, or, or individuals. And, and that's not a good thing, um, you know, for a progressive society. Um, so that's a kind of another you know, issue or problem that I think is important to sort of think about. And then the third one, and I'd love you know, to hear your thoughts on this, is, is um, you know, the role of AI and, and sort of the onset and, and progression um, of, of AI, artificial intelligence, you know, and the role it plays in our lives. Because you know, we see it as a positive thing. Obviously, um, it, it represents uh, enormous opportunity. Um, but what we're looking at is like AI versus humanity. Um, what is the role of humans um, in how uh, AI evolves and develops? Um, and, and, you know, how can it potentially um, address some of these other issues that we're experiencing, um, you know, in regards to, um, you know, hyper-individualism and narcissism in, in regards to, to, you know, the social divide that I was referencing. So, you know, these are problems and, you know, I certainly don't want to kind of like paint a negative picture of the future because um, we, we feel that there is always a positive and a negative side to kind of everything that we explore. Um, but these things certainly are, are you know, going to be taking up a lot of our time as, as we sort of move into 2018. That's awesome, Toby. T talk to me a little bit about, about virtual reality. I know you'd mentioned it. How can companies today, how should they be thinking about VR uh, to create really that better customer experience? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, it's fascinating. We, 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 we actually have a, a big conference coming up in, in London in, in a little under two weeks, and we're going to be sort of tapping into to VR as a, as a topic uh, in a number of different ways. And, and you know, its role and, and, and the opportunities, I think, that VR represents um, – uh, just just in terms of communication at the kind of broadest level is is really fascinating. Um, you know, I'm I'm particularly kind of interested in in sort of um, what Facebook is doing with spaces um, and how they're sort of trying to augment um, the VR experience um, with the uh, Messenger experience. And Messenger, I think, as a product and as a communication tool. Um, can potentially play a huge role um, in the customer service experience. And obviously, they've already sort of begun to experiment in regards to like chatbots um, within the messenger environment. And so VR obviously is next in, in terms of their Spaces product. And, and ultimately, what I think is, is interesting is, is the fact that we can look at technology um, as a way of being able to bring the customer closer to the brand or the customer closer to the person that represents the brand. 
in an environment that is just much more conducive to addressing uh, the customer's needs and the customer's problems or, or the particular questions that the customer has. And, and I'm looking forward to the experience becoming better um, because the, the, the technology is, is reaching a point now where it can actually play the role that in many ways it was always supposed to, but up until this point, it's been um, challenged, I think, by you know, a number of sort of technological sort of deficiencies that have is, existed with like, you know, the technologies that we've been using up until this point. Hey, Toby, where are we in the life cycle of leveraging social influence or influencers? Um, th there are a lot of different opinions or buzzwords, but where, how do you see it used best? So, you know, I, I think you're right. Um, there's a lot of buzz uh, and certainly a lot of buzz words surrounding the, the sort of influencer space. Um, and and I, I take sort of maybe a more skeptical view of this space than most. Um, but, but I, you know, I'm just cautious because I think that the danger, um, you know, there are so many silver bullet solutions that exist in, in sort of digital media or social media that sort of marketers in particular kind of jump on and think, okay, this is the next big thing. Um, this is the silver bullet solution. Um, this is going to solve all of our problems or allow us to kind of like reach consumers in ways we've never been able to do before. And there's, of course, some truth in that. But, but you know, we have to be cautious and, and we have to also recognize that we're so early in the process. But what I'm starting to see, um, you know, and in particular with like companies, um, you know, like the Amplify, which I think is a really interesting platform company that's like, you know, providing the tools to be able to um, work with influencers and brands in much more professional and process-driven ways. Th now we're starting to see, um, I think, the, the sort of the, the way in which it will evolve in the future and, and how perhaps the influencer space will kind of sort of develop. Because the problem at the moment is the influencer, you know, uh, exists as an individual who has built a very large following on whatever channel um, that following that that fan base is very loyal to the influencer. It's very kind of like organic in nature. And then all of a sudden you kind of introduce a brand into that environment and, and, and if not properly managed with uh, without the proper process in place to be able to execute campaigns, um, you know, effectively, then it can, it, you know, it can be a recipe for disaster. And we've just seen so many issues um, unfold as a result of that. So when you combine, I think, the, the influencer who should just be focused on creating content and focus on their art and focus on, you know, their audience combined, I think, with some of these, you know, professionalized, process-driven platform companies that sort of serve as the intermediary between the brand and the influencer, then I think you're starting to see better quality campaigns, um, you know, rolling out as a result. You know, I'm basically optimistic. I think it's a really interesting space. I think its impact on culture is is just you know unprecedented, and I think also what I love about it um, is the idea that you know if you have the talent, um, the artistry, um, you have the opportunity to to build a, a, a very significant audience um, with very little investment, and that's important because you know it speaks to the sort of democratizing impact. Uh, that that can have on you know on media and advertising as a result, and I think that's you know, ultimately a good thing.
Yeah, that's a great point. I, I actually interviewed Justin Rosvani from the Amplify a couple months ago. And, um, you know, he had some brilliant discussion about the space too. And it's interesting about if you can create the right culture uh, and the right space to allow for this kind of organic content to come through. It's, it's more about creating the culture for it rather than the silver bullet, like you mentioned. But Mark, what do you got? So Toby, as we go back to this idea of the experience business, wanting wanting customers and consumers to feel like this is a brand that I that I want to do more and more business with because I just have I have a great time. I have a great time interacting with them. How should companies be thinking about social media? For those companies that are specifically focused on experience-driven businesses, where do they start thinking about social media today? Well, so first of all, well, there's a couple of different ways of answering that. So, so let's let's just for a second pause and and talk about what we mean when we talk about social media, because obviously there are many different definitions. Um, you know, if I had a dollar for every time someone said to me, you know, shouldn't we stop using the term social media? Isn't it played out already? Isn't just everything media, or isn't all media social? You know, I, I'm I'm always frustrated by that, but I'm also um, defensive naturally of the idea that this is, this represents something fundamentally different. So, just just to take a second, just to sort of talk about that first, um, you know, social media represents um, you know a, um, a a monumental shift in the communications landscape, right? So, from you know the the very early days of the printing press through to the telephone, through to radio broadcast media, the internet, social media. We're talking about these just massive shifts um, in, in terms of how we connect and communicate and what social media rep represents when you compare it to, say, the one-to-many uh, sort of way in which broadcast media works or the one-to-one -one way in which, like, the telephone works. Social media sits on a many-to-many -many network of communication. And many-to-many, -many, of course, just you know, fundamentally changes everything. It changes how we connect, how we communicate, how we interact. And that's why we obviously have seen such a huge... Um, you know, increase in, um, you know, content driven companies who have understood the power and potential because they recognize that, you know, to reach audiences, you need to create content that people want to share. And people share, you know, obviously more effectively through social media because it exists on this many to many network. So that's the first thing I want to say. So in, in thinking about that, um, you go back to your question about, oh, what does this really mean for an experience-driven company? It means that you, um, you know, you need to build your businesses and, and, and execute your services on top of this many-to-many -many network of communication. And in recognizing that, you need to recognize that you are not the broadcaster of this information, of this service. You should be very much sitting at the center of this network and thinking about how to create experiences that people can consume uh, experience and most importantly share and it's the sharing component that I think that um, you know is, is, is the most important thing to recognize because um, you know sharing within a social media environment um, obviously has this extraordinary kind of amplification effect um, and, and I think also you know it speaks to you know social media is in many ways a, a, a hugely important like catalyst uh, for certain businesses who, you know, literally yesterday were not even around and now today are sort of multi-billion dollar organizations. Um, and the reason for that um, is because they, um, they understood, it, at, you know, at, a, at a, almost like a native level, um, uh, how to build a business on that kind of network. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Totally. I, I, think it's, I think it's interesting your comment there, Toby, about 
these businesses who who maybe weren't here yesterday that have now become multi-billion dollar companies because of because of social where do companies anybody who's not using social in their marketing strategies today is is far behind the curve but for people who are new what's your recommendation where do people start there's so many platforms and channels what should they do well the the, the first thing the first thing to say is that we just need to stop and and recognize that this isn't like a channel or an adjunct to what we did before um, we have seen a, a complete redesign um, of the entire communications landscape. Social is horizontal, it's not vertical. And, and because of that, you know, and your point I think is really important, is that, you know, if you're a business that doesn't recognize that, then you're most likely going to be a business that's in decline, um, or at least you're a business that's not going to be around tomorrow because how you could possibly exist um, today without um, having already reorganized yourself around the, the new communication paradigm is, is kind of astonishing to me. So that, that's like an important place to start, I think. But when it comes to kind of like, you know, then thinking perhaps more strategically and even like tactically, the good news is, and, and you know, I've heard this many times and I've certainly talked about this a lot, the good news is that you still have to just start with the fundamentals, right? The, the fundamentals of like, what is it that you are trying to achieve? What problem is it that you are trying to solve? Um, what needs uh, among your constituents or customers or whatever are you uh, looking to address? Because if you don't start there, then none of this really matters. It doesn't matter where you want to try and deploy something or where you want to try and engage people. Um, if you haven't started with the basics and gone back to the fundamentals of just like thinking about how to do business, then um, you're, you're ultimately going to fail as a result. And I, and I tend not to spend like too much time saying, well, you know, you've got to be on this platform or, you know, doing X, Y, Z in this channel, or, you know, you've got to think about content because these are all very tactical things and, and tactical things tend to be kind of very much reactive or at least responding to kind of like, you know, where people are or what people are doing, how people are engaging today. But because of the fact they're not necessarily strategic in nature, the danger is you can chase ta tactical um, wins, um, you know, at the uh, uh, the risk of of, um, uh, of 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 you know of not spending enough time thinking about what is your core strategy. Toby, you're privy to some of the best voices, best speakers in the world on this topic. What are one or two talks in the last twelve months that really stand out? And if you can't think of any off the top of your head, just say Jeff Barrett. <laughs> well, that I just feel like um, that was some kind of like inception, uh, and and well, now yeah, and I think... proved your proved your theory about narcissism, right? <laughs> um, no, I, I can I can definitely I can reference a a, a few um, I can reference a few different talks. So, um, well, one 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 I think is just really kind of stood out for me, and and you know I'm lucky to be kind of both. Uh, you know, I spend a huge amount of my time on the on the sort of programming and, and curation side of, you know, what we do. And, and I'm very focused on some of our key sort of flagship, you know, markets and, and conferences like, you know, London, um, Chicago, Los Angeles, uh, New York. You know, obviously, these are huge markets where, you know, we're able to and we're very fortunate, you know, to be able to bring together 
um, you know, some of the best minds and some of the most sort of, you know, leading thinkers, um, you know, in the sort of media marketing and, and technology space. But it, it, during our, our um, Los Angeles conference back in uh, June, we had uh, Marcus Collins um, uh, come speak. And, and Marcus is, um, he's like the SVP of, of digital and social over at Donor Advertising. He's based out of Detroit. Um, you know, you sort of think agency guy, corporate dude, you know, what, what would really he have to say? But he also happens to be um, a professor and, and an academic, uh, as well as like a, a professional and a, a practitioner. And he gave a talk, which was, um, it was entitled The Convergence of Culture and Commerce, um, looking specifically at how we create cultural contagion. Um, and, um, you know, I can give you know, your, your listeners um, you know, links to, to this particular talk because it was really fascinating. But you know, he, he sort of talked about sort of, you know, t- you know living in today's kind of hyper-connected, um, hyper-social world. There's this kind of allure, this like idea of going viral. Um, and, and, and to a certain extent, this is like seduced marketers um, you know, into thinking that this is the kind of holy grail and it's possible to kind of achieve virality in everything that you do. But what he kind of really, you know, presented was this idea of reframe, reframing the idea of going viral um, and, and instead looking at kind of cultural contagion and how something really sticks and how something becomes a meme. Um, and then what are the kind of actionable frameworks that enable marketers to create you know, ideas and messages and products and content that, that don't just like spread in a sort of a viral sense, but actually really take hold, um, you know, in culture, um, in, in a sort of a more established and sort of rooted fashion. Um, and so that's just like one talk, which I loved and, and happy to kind of, as I say, point, point your listeners towards that talk. Um, you know, we're, we're lucky, you know, we, we literally bring together, you know, close to 10,000 speakers a year across 25 con- conferences in 22 countries. So sometimes it's really hard to, to pick and choose. Um, but um, if I think of any others, I'll certainly, uh, I'll certainly mention it. Well, yeah, and I'll give a shout out to um, University of Michigan Ross School of Business too, where Marcus lectures at too, because I mean, that's, he does a fantastic job and he's in my backyard. Yes. Yeah, he's great. He's, he's wonderful. And he's, he's also like he's he's what we call a hall of famer a social media hall of famer in the sense that like he's actually um presented in all four of our flagship markets um within a kind of calendar year and then he's like uh, he's he sort of um followed that up with actually hosting um a one-off social media week conference in detroit actually in ann arbor uh, which is taking place in september so we're excited for that so that's like your equivalent of the egot yes nice Toby, a couple questions for you. I loved where you went there with that idea of living in today's hypersocial world. There's this allure of going viral, which drives me so berserk. <laughs> you know, executives All and teams us. that just want, want, hey, are, are we going viral? What are we going to do to go viral? It's like, are you kidding me? Stop it. Uh, how do we get, how do we get people off our backs about virality being the thing that we really need to achieve? The thing is that, like, I think we we need to look at all of the things that people chase um, that oftentimes um, serve as a sort of red herring to success. We're really shitty, actually, as marketers and as business people at measuring success because we tend to kind of chase vanity metrics. And even if something goes viral, viral, so what? 
Like, who cares? You know, actually, BuzzFeed, I think, are, are really smart about this. I mean, you know, you'd think BuzzFeed, are, these are the kind of engineers of virality. But in reality, um, you know, they actually only care about one metric. I mean, they measure a bunch of stuff. They collect data on all sorts of different things. But they really, like, they really only care about share count, right? Because, because if someone shares something, you know, now we're talking. Because they have made a decision that this thing is is worth sharing with their friends and their network and even more importantly that they're kind of willing to sort of like put their name uh, and their reputation behind it um and and i think that's kind of you know what i would sort of say in 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 response to anyone that wants to chase a vanity metric or, or, or obsess around obsess about virality is like just drill into kind of really what matters in terms of what you're measuring and things like sharing as a metric is is far more interesting to me than almost anything else i love that toby so the idea for all businesses of uh, maybe take a an accounting of of where your measurement strategy is today and focus on the metrics that actually matter brilliant toby i want to get your thought on something else uh, as one of what we'll call social media's best and brightest I would love to hear your response on this comment. Social media today is creating antisocial people. Do you agree or disagree? Well, I mean, it kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier about like the theme that we've just recently announced closer, um, which, which, as I mentioned, kind of, you know, explores this sort of conflict between individualism and, and community and, and, you know, an aspect of it, 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 you know, looks at, um, the amount of time we spend on our mobile phones and on social media um, and the impact that's having, you know, on, you know, the rewiring of our brains, the impact that's having on kind of like, you know, uh, kids and kids' brains and how that is making them more or less social as a result. And this may not be a particularly satisfying answer in that I will probably always try and sit on the fence a little bit on this and, and, and try and look at kind of both sides of the argument. You know, I think that you, you, you could argue that it's making us um, antisocial uh, if your definition of being social is out in the real world connecting, you know, with people in a physical environment. But it's certainly making us more social in terms of the capacity to be able to connect and communicate with significantly more people um, than than we've ever been able to do before, right? And those are two completely counter kind of points in regards to kind of whether we are social or anti-social um, it, it, as a result of our use of technology. Um, so unfortunately, the answer is kind of like it, it's both. Um, um, but what we have to do is we have to kind of dig a little bit deeper um, into our definition of, of what we mean by um, being social. Um, and then we have to look at the, the, both the positives and negatives of, of our experiences today versus you know, what they used to be like before. Um, we have to look at the science and the research to understand how our brains are being rewired and whether that's a good thing or not. Um, and then we have to look at kind of social uh, it was societal kind of impact. Um, and, and honestly, it's important to look at kind of like, you know, like, you know, the statistics to see, uh, and, you know, mental health, um, statistics are, are a really important kind of place to start because what we're starting to hear is that there is, you know, among a certain generation, there is a, a, a sharp increase, um, in, in suicide. There's a sharp increase in mental health issues, a sharp in- increase in depression. And, you know, are these things all, um, you know, uh, uh, caused by, 
um, our use of and, and obsession with um, you know, technology on mobile phones and social media. Um, so, you know, a bit of a non-answer, but, but hopefully I touched on some things that, that at least are kind of vaguely interesting to your listeners. No, absolutely, Toby. And, and you're getting into kind of another point where we talk about echo chambers and you know, social media took a different tone um, in the political cycle of 2016, especially here in the U.S. Um, kind of what role going forward, do you see the role of social media changing or do you, uh, you know, unoptimistically think that it will kind of still perpetuate echo chambers or do you think we'll get um, more knowledgeable about how we use social media, um, much like, and now I'm making this question really long, but much like when we used to see commercials on TV and go, oh, well, obviously I have to buy this in the next 30 minutes or I don't get it at that price. Um, are we getting smarter as a whole? Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's so hard to kind of really answer that at least concisely, but, but I think you, you, you're touching on a few really important things. So, so first of all, I would say that and I'm stealing this actually from Jonah Preddy, who's a founder and CEO of BuzzFeed. But when I interviewed him on stage a couple of years ago, um, when we were actually talking about kind of like our relationship to technology, and I said, you know, it, it, it you know, to, to what extent um, it, do you see this as a problem? And, you know, he said, look, for every problem that technology creates, technology generally finds a solution. Um, and and we as technologists are generally kind of like, you know, motivated uh, you know, to, to address and, and, and find solutions that are, are ultimately about, you know, um, f- furthering kind of the, the and hopefully improving the human experience. But that's not to say that like things are not bad, or even that things will get more shitty in the future, they, they probably will. But at the same time, I'm optimistic that we will work through that and, and, and try and establish ways um, for technology to play a more positive and meaningful role in our lives. Um, you know, going forward, it's the third, the third tenant of our theme next year, which looks at you know AI versus humanity, and, and what we're really talking about is just the relationship between technology and humans. You know, as we become more kind of symbiotic with technology, and by the way, that's not going to change. We are only going to become more symbiotic with technology. You know, to the point that in the not too distant future, we will be embedding technology into our bodies. Um, and there's no real kind of like preventing that from happening or sort of stepping in and, and making some kind of ethical argument that it's wrong. It's just going to happen. And so um, that we have to just accept. And then we also have to think about, OK, what are the rules? What are the parameters? How do we think about designing in such a way so that we are human centric in our thinking and our approach rather than necessarily being technology centric and making technology essentially the sort of master and the human the slave? Yeah, we're just all hurling toward the singularity. Yes, we are. And, and our theme this year, not, not to continue just to plug themes, but like our theme this year is language in the machine. It's specifically looking at kind of the role of algorithms and, and how they impact and are changing language and communication. But some of what we've been looking at is is just, you know, singularity and what that really means in the context of human language. And, and you know, however you want to kind of really define it, um, there's just no doubt that... Um, you know, there is a coming to get, I mean, already, I mean, like the fact that you have a mobile phone that's like physically detached from you, but to a certain extent in your pocket or by your side 24 seven, um, is already evidence of the fact that we are one step closer to singularity. Toby, talk to me, um, with your upcoming theme, theme of closer, how does that relate to businesses that are focused on being very experience driven? Well, I think, 
what we're trying to do through this theme is we're trying to introduce this idea that we have to take this like human centric approach to thinking about where all this is heading in the future. And, and that is as relevant to the people that are designing technology um, as it is to um, people in business and marketing who are designing um, experiences um, at, at whatever level. Um, and, and so being human centric, um, putting the human at the center of the problem or putting the human at the center of what it is you're trying to build and why is, is an, is an important kind of first step. So that's kind of one point. And the other point I would make is, um, and it's a bit tangential, but I'll, I'll make it anyway. When, when, you know, when we as business people slash marketers first sort of started to think about social media, we, we, we spent a lot of time talking about community and we spent a lot of time talking about, well, what, what are businesses and brands role here? You know, does social media make um, it possible for a brand to be more human in regards to their interaction and engagement with customers? And I think everyone was like, well, yeah, and, and that's great. And, and that's important. And let's, let's move forward on that basis. And let's design experiences around the idea that brands can now be people and brands can be more human. Um, but the reality is what we kind of like um, overlooked was that consumers kind of don't really care whether a brand is more human. Um, at least it's not that high up on their list of priorities. What they care is about is whether brands understand them at a fundamentally individual level. And I'm not talking about as a segment, right, which is really just kind of where we're at right now. We'll lump you into a segment demographically, psychographically, whatever. Um, and then we'll just like, you know, target you on that basis. But, but where I see this really heading in the future is first of all, recognizing that we have to understand people at an individual level because people are unique and everyone is uniquely different. My interests, um, my passions, what I buy, the services I use, where I live, who I'm married to, um, my gender, my ethnicity, all of these things, it's, it's just impossible really to kind of segment that. So technology, in my, my view, should really be figuring out how to drill into the to, to the individual and market to them, provide services to them, serve their needs um, in a way that we've never been able to before. So experience becomes more individualistic. Um, experience becomes more customized. Um, and experience as a, as a service um, becomes something that um, I experience at a unique level. And, and that is really exciting and really interesting to me. Um, and I could be wrong about that. And I'm sure people would argue against that point. But that, that's kind of you know, where I see it heading. Super brilliant. So everybody, we're here with Toby Daniels, again, the, the CEO of Crowdcentric, uh, started Social Media Week. Go check him out online. Some of the really great things that, that Toby talked about here at the end is, as we're talking about experience-driven businesses, Consumers, what they care about today is uh, is is not that they they want to be a funda fundamentally an individual. We have to understand people at an individual level, not at a segment level. Uh, we need the experience to become more customized and individualized. Uh, Toby, it's a pleasure to have you on here. Any closing thoughts before we let you jump? 
no closing thoughts other than if I may just uh, uh, invite your listeners just to check out socialmediaweek.org where you'll find everything in relation to what we do. SMW.news is where we publish free content and obviously um, also where we um, uh, share information about all the events that we, we host around the world. But um, you know, thanks so much for your time, guys. This has been, this has been really great. No, thanks, Toby. And I'm looking forward to being a Social Media Week Hall of Famer someday. Um, and also, Mark, for the love, we all don't like avocado toast. <laughs> for heaven's sakes. Okay, everybody, good to talk to you. Toby, it's a pleasure. We'll talk to everybody soon. Go check out socialmediaweek.org. Have a good one. Bye.